I don't even, I, I don't know how this episode is going to go. There's so much to talk about and we're being time constrained. So I never know. Just for the record, we're not as time constrained as I used to be. No, but we want to, even if we do still want to be, even yeah. if your thing went away. So instead still, of talking about how time constrained we are, uh, yeah, maybe yeah, it would be fine. a good idea to hit. Yeah, there you go. Oh my gosh, we're back. Uh, it's been five weeks. This is episode 111 of Future Chat. Um, this what is, is that this, in binary? Uh, one, one, one. That's what <laughs> so this is telling me right now. No, wait, that's wait, in decimal. Seven? I think seven? it's seven in decimal. Yeah, seven. That's correct. Yeah. No. Wait. No. Is that two? That doesn't make any sense at all. It's 14. What? You guys No, because are... one's a digit, then one, then two, then four, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess it's two to the power of zero first. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. You guys went the other way that I was expecting. I was trying to solve what 111 was in binary and it did not work. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I should have asked what 111 was in decimal. That was my fault. If oh, it were binary. Fine. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm off to a terrible start for, oh, for I, this, this current generation of future chatting. Yeah. It, it does feel like a new generation. And uh, Nick, I, I'm almost scared to ask now. This is becoming a Hello Internet type of thing. You said you had something you wanted to bring up off the top. Am I going to have to cut this like Brady? Oh, no, I don't think so. Um, so we're starting early and we are a little yeah. bit a little bit time constrained. And I mean, I'm looking at the list of topics here. Why did I have to get up so early? I know I, you could have come up an hour in and it I could, I could have come in at nine. And I thought about that. I was like, I'll just show up half an hour late and be like, no, you guys haven't talked about anything important yet. I'll be there for the important <laughs> stuff. But now oh, here I am eight well, o'clock. You, you have this story here that is really more of a shout out. Do you want to just do it right now? Yeah. Okay. So straight off the top, uh, mm-hmm. Dave shoe Smith, the man, the myth, the legend, but like, actually in corrosion science the legend i was been selected as a fellow of the royal society of canada so if we wow. could just give a give a nice little golf clap don't break any microphones yeah so we have now bestowed upon him the highest honor possible after having been selected as a fellow of the royal society of canada yes <laughs> <laughs> so what does that mean what uh can you tell us I've, a bit about his work or a, like I a think, little bit about his work? I was going to say, I think in reality it means more funding, but, uh, okay. <laughs> no, he has done so much work in the corrosion involved with, uh, nuclear waste disposal okay. and geological long-term conditions. And they also have, I mean, cause you know, money's a thing and they are experts in corrosion. There are pipelines that want to, you know, make sure they have proper pipeline integrity systems. And so they've done some work on that as well. Okay. There's, I think it's still there, but there's a big chunk of actual pipeline piping in the lab. (laughs) Just, is it undergoing some type of corrosion right now or is it just there? Oh, I think they're studying like bits and pieces of it, but they only cut off so much at any given time. Right. Okay. Nice. And you know, so you've worked really with this exciting guy? for him. Sorry? You worked with him, you know him, you met him. Or is he just a, a scientist who All of the above. 
Okay. He was my supervisor cool. in London. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. I know, I know you know a lot of Dave's, and so I wasn't sure which one this was. Oh, yeah, no. Dave scientists are the best scientists yeah. I have learned. <laughs> this is what I hear. <laughs> There's Dave Bryce, who, amazing. There's yeah. Dave Shoesmith, and uh, a product of Dave Shoesmith and my other electrochem lab that I worked in, Dave Hall. Mm-hmm. Watch, watch for that name to pop up in the future. <laughs> Will do. I, it's, a, I, it's a very uncommon name, Dave Hall. I had mm-hmm. a geophysics prof, and his name is Dave Eaton, and good guy, great teacher. Cool. Yeah, he's actually head of the department Dave's? now. <laughs> yeah, there's something special about Dave's. Must be. So, some stuff happened that over the last month or so that that is kind of follow up, but it's also kind of lost its luster since it happened excuse me i've been growing my beard since july and it's luxurious rob how can you say it's lost its luster when i keep oiling it (laughs) that is not one of the things i was referring to (laughs) oh i don't know why you're not referring to it but go on with your less important story (laughs) rob well no when i wrote space (laughs) when i wrote space explosion in the notes um it was relatively fresh or at least in my mind it was relatively fresh but now it feels like spacex uh this the latest spacex falcon 9 rocket that was um about to be reused for the first time blew up but that was like two weeks ago now and it doesn't it almost feels like they actually haven't uh figured out what the problem was yet but it still feels like oh you know next month there's going to be another launch but there probably isn't because the launch pad got destroyed. Uh, they have a couple of other launch pads, but apparently they're for different kinds of missions. Like they, they need certain geometrical or whatever. Um, either directions or they, there's an issue where one of them, they can't, they can't launch uh, west or something because it'll go over Earth or it'll go over, um, not Earth. It'll go over, I guess, Earth land uh, and <laughs> their populated areas there. <laughs> they all go over earth that's not that's not a different thing but they can't they don't want to launch over populated areas in case something goes wrong and so they like to launch straight out over the ocean right but um yeah so the the short-term goals of spacex have all been postponed indefinitely until they can figure out what went wrong while they were loading apparently they were fueling up with liquid oxygen for a static fire test like they weren't actually doing any kind of launching or firing or anything they were just trying to load liquid oxygen into the tank and then something caught fire there was a spark of some kind and it just uh, elon musk called it a fast fire and not an explosion so he was saying that even though even if there had been people on board the 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 capsule which is located right on top they would have survived because it was actually a fire and there was no concussive wave but it's still kind of a scary thing to see. And obviously the rocket was completely destroyed and some of the launch pad stuff, like the, the strong back, the arm that holds up the the Falcon nine got bent like crazy. And it's this huge, powerful thing that has to hold a 15 story rocket. So it's going to take some time to repair that. Yeah. It's, I know there's a tweet by Elon talking about how they see, yeah, like you said, they still haven't figured out what the cause was and it's their most complex issue that they yeah. encountered. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I, I hadn't heard about this until it was 
done and over with and kind of already circulating. So I didn't really get the details of what exactly happened. I just assumed it was like a launch that went wrong. Yeah, that's but what it seemed the, like. Yeah, from the sound of it, it, it was just kind of more of a routine procedure that went wrong. And yeah, yeah regardless of whether it's a, a launch or a routine procedure, you want to make sure that they're all done safely and, and properly. Yeah. And if there are issues with the procedure, then you can have those fixed before continuing, I guess. Yeah. Especially it's, when there's people involved. Yeah. Especially when this is a new thing. They hadn't, they hadn't launched a rocket for a second time before. And so they were filling it up to do a static fire test. It was supposed to launch within like 24 hours or something, but this, it wasn't at all in the process of launching. It was just being fueled. Mm-hmm. I mean, liquid oxygen is extremely, extremely, I guess Don't say flammable, flammable is not the right word, but <laughs> that's not it. Very no. oxidizing. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> So it is a it is a big danger, and it's kind of surprising you don't hear more about liquid oxygen accidents. But I guess they're extremely yeah. extremely careful with it. But in this case, something something went wrong, and they still yeah. don't know what it is. I remember reading a thing that if you have too much oxygen, it's not flammable. Yes. You actually have it, to have a good mix of inert and oxidizing. It's gases. not as flammable. Yeah, there's a there's an ideal mixture, right? Because you need a certain amount of fuel too. If if it was 100% oxygen and there's no fuel to burn, then it, you're not going to get much. Like non-oxygen fuel. Like the, right. Because the oxygen just oxidizes. It doesn't actually yeah. burn, right? Or does it? No, no the it oxygen itself doesn't burn. It just feeds the the burning. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. It's like the most heavily demanded reagent in a combustion reaction. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be weird to just have a fuel and oxygen mixture. I think that's how they do it in solid rockets or not solid rockets in, uh, in this kind of rocket though. I don't think they need any other gas. They just need the right proportions. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll be following up on the space explosion, but at this point we don't really know anything. So there's not too much point in talking about it. Is this also a CGP gray ask? Yes, I waited a week for this news story, and it turns out it's not important anymore. Definitely not. That was okay. the that was the this might be aliens planet. Was it a planet? The signal. <laughs> the, the signal. Oh yes, who, that one. who knows anymore? <laughs> that was the one where you wait a few days, and it's like, oh, actually, it turns out this was nothing. Right. Like all yeah. aliens so far have been. Did we actually talk about that? No, no. I don't it happens. We, we haven't had an episode. Yeah. So but, uh, yeah, thing. we had. A visit, dear listeners. We saw an exoplanet in outer space. It looks to be in the sweet spot for like liquid water, but it turns out there aren't aliens, or rather, if there are aliens, we will not see them for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. Well, there was an exoplanet that that is still true. That's a separate story, right? Oh, we're talking about a different one. There was a signal that was seen, like uh, if you guys have heard of the Wow signal. That was just this like super bright flash of, I guess, electromagnetic waves. Uh, oh, in an that one part of the spectrum. Didn't that one like reflect back from the Earth or something like that? No, oh. it was a Russian satellite. Yeah. So there was this wow signal. It was this really strong signal. But this most recent one, the one that happened this summer, turns out it, it, they're still not sure, but they're most likely it's most likely military activity that they saw. From much closer, like Earth yeah. military activity. Because I guess these, yeah, sorry, these scientists, that's what I meant. these yeah. scientists have like a catalog of documented, like extraterrestrial satellites and stuff. Right. 
So that if they get signal, they can cross-reference with this chart and, oh, that's actually just a satellite that's up there right now. now but when this, you say this one, extraterrestrial, that's like extracurricular. It doesn't mean they're aliens. It means they're not on Earth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just clarifying. Um, yeah, Geologists no. use the term extraterrestrial a little differently than the rest of us. When, when you throw a rock in the air, it becomes extraterrestrial. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is a satellite that wasn't on this catalog, so they didn't think that it would be a satellite. Right. But. Turns out if, it's just uh, the Russians. If SETI was actually just searching for anything that wasn't on Earth and was intelligent, they would find things a lot more quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike, I'm marked as the lead on this story, but that's just because I'm the one that put it in the notes. Do you want to pour one out for Project Ara? Let's let's have a moment with a silence for Project Ara. I think mm-hmm. that's that's probably Sh- most appropriate at this time. But like because- dial tone or something be appropriate. <laughs> What? What do you think dial tone is? <laughs> this is a more. He was going for dial up, but I'm I'm all about it. No, yeah. I, I I went for the more tech dial tone. Sure. Um, it this is modem dialing. So, yeah. Project Ara is now dead on arrival. Dead pr- mm-hmm. prior to arrival. Yeah. Uh, as per Google's, I, I guess it wasn't an official statement. It was just someone no, familiar with it was like an interview or with a source project. or something. It was a, I think it was an anonymous source said, oh yeah, we're not working on that anymore. And or it's in on hiatus or some on hold, that, it's shelved, whatever, yeah. suspended, I think was the official, mm-hmm. unofficial word. And yeah. uh, so I, I don't know what to think of this. The optimist in me says, just wait. The same way we haven't really heard of Google Glass in a while. It's it's kind of like Google Glass uh, Enterprise Edition did ship though. It just isn't for just, consumers. It for all intents and purposes is not here yet, and it's, uh, it's for sure here. I'm, you can order one today, I think. <laughs> but Project R, you can't. So it's even more right. dead than Google it's even Glass. more dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I I was looking forward to it. I don't know if I would have got one. I'd like to think I would have got one, but. I think I just would have liked to have seen it as an available choice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's not happening right now. Right. And I, I think I want to say that phone blocks or another one of those companies are still around and trying to move forward with their project. Mm-hmm. Um, but project R being the, the Google headed project is not, is, is not for the foreseeable future going to be released. So right. we'll see if that goes anywhere. Yeah, the uh yeah, Google uh Google Glass is a thing for sure. There's a developer page that works. I'm just trying to find the actual like buy it page. That's good. But it's definitely not it's not meant for like consumers to buy and have and yeah. there wouldn't really be much. Uh anyways, so yeah, Project Ara no longer with us, but modular phones might be a thing at some point because lg put out a modular yeah. phone and who knows what's actually gonna happen i think it's they're taking the concept and repurposing it into a form factor that's probably more practical than the project are vision or, yeah. or more receptive like people are gonna be more receptive to what it is now than what project Ara was i think right where you have one spot that you can put something in versus every part of it is customizable in- yeah some way or another (laughs) 
Yeah, there's a, okay. So there's a there's a program called Glass at Work. Yeah, it's not clear exactly how you get your hands on Glass at Work, but it it is still a thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, Nick, do you want to do you want to follow up on uh, apparently some Tesla news? Oh, what's Elon Musk up to this week? I don't know if that's other quite. than solving explosions, but yes, <laughs> yeah. No, it's just a Winnipeg limo company called Hollywood Limousine, which I found deeply confusing. <laughs> is uh, they're going to go with Tesla for their fleet? Nick, have you not heard that Winnipeg is a Hollywood of the North? <laughs> I don't think that's right. <laughs> I hadn't. You know, I hadn't. I would have thought Toronto, Vancouver, but here we have it. <laughs> so, so they're using Tesla's like solely as their only limousine i think they're moving that way they haven't like just well here's our old fleet throw it into the volcano they haven't gotten to that point yet right but they're they're actively working on doing just everything with tesla i i like the the headline in shocking news hollywood (laughs) limo going electric with new tesla fleet (laughs) Those those when those people from the peg they like their puns. <laughs> yes. Did, oh, is that um, what, I didn't even get the pun. Oh yeah, I didn't even get the pun either. But that's definitely a pun. <laughs> that actually makes more sense why they go that route. <laughs> yep. Shocking. Yeah. No. Thanks to my research staff for uh, for picking that one out. <laughs> I think wouldn't that be more of a town car than a limo though? Because they don't have any stretch Teslas. Well, I mean, a limo doesn't have to be a stretch. Yeah thing like my understanding is that a limo especially in bigger cities Mm -hmm. you can get a limo and you're paying for the service to get from point a to point b and that's a flat rate whereas with a cab or a taxi you're paying for the amount of time that you spend in the vehicle right yeah my understanding is a stretch limo is just a type of limo yeah yeah, stretch limo and then limos as a apparently uh, Toronto and New York limos are very popular because if you get caught in traffic, you don't end up paying for it. Right. Interesting. Huh. Good to know. Isn't so, it though? Isn't it, it just? It really is. So Rob, does this play into the adoption of self-driving vehicles then? Yes. Until they go driverless, though. I don't think it counts. No, it definitely doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> But um, do we people, have are we talking about Uber going driverless this week? Just, no, we can. Always, yeah, yeah. We, it happened over the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, the I think the move to electric and the move to autonomous is going to happen around the same time or at least over the same kind of time scale. Um, anytime you see people getting in, getting fleets of new different kinds of cars i think that's the kind of that's the point where big technological shifts can happen and we're seeing with uber going to pittsburgh with their driverless cars uh and i think on hello internet they mentioned in singapore there's a similar project where they have um driverless cars like i think it was a fleet of six but uh, a taxi-like service that doesn't have a driver that's the kind of thing where people go with these big projects where they're a lot where they're when you're getting a new car that's when you think okay what what's available now and if autonomous cars even if they're just kind of in an autopilot stage is available i think that's interesting yeah do you think it'll uh solve any 
you know, like range anxiety, people worried that they're not going to be able to get where they need to go. Is there truly range anxiety when the car can just go home and charge itself? I think there's the range anxiety is more of a thing for people who haven't tried it yet, because from everything I hear, it's an adaptation you have to make, I guess it, because you can't necessarily go for long road trips, but you would just plan any road trip you took with it around that limitation. Like it's a limitation, but gas cars also have limitations. It's just something you work around. Yeah. When I've, I've said this before, but if I were to get an electric vehicle, I, A, I probably wouldn't want to use it for a road trip. And if I like, and if I wanted to, I'd still just rent a car for that road trip because the amount of times I take a road trip that would be outside of the regular range are negligible yeah. compared to the amount of times I'd use it otherwise. So that's a silly reason to not get one. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather get one and then pay a couple hundred bucks or however much the going rate for rentals are to go on a road trip the one time in five years I go on a road trip. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you went to Banff, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. last weekend. Like, yeah. that wouldn't even, that'd be fine. That was, that was our get there first road trip in, like, five years. Right, like but that's literally. not a long enough road trip. Like, you could still do that with a Tesla, even, I think, going there and back. Probably, yeah, because it's only, yeah, like, 200 and some kilometers there. It's, yeah. it's like an hour there. Yeah. So. Well, to, yeah, to get to Banff, no, Banff is like an hour and a half, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess there's the extra half hour getting from Cranston up to here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to remember. From Cranston to Calgary, right. and then and then you start going to Banff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really intrigued by Tesla. And that, apparently there was all, it was also in the news that they increased the price of autopilot without really adding... Cause they, I think they were trying to do the whole thing where if something is more expensive, it's perceived as kind of more luxurious. And so they upped the price of the, for if you're buying a new Tesla to get autopilot enabled, right? To give the sense that this isn't for everyone. Right. When the whole thing is that the car is already capable of running yeah. autopilot, right? So you're paying for a software update. Yeah. You're paying for the features, right? Which people have a problem with. People have a problem with it, but people have a problem with all kinds of No, I know, things. but it, it's the kind of thing where you're still paying for all of the parts. Yeah, yeah. So you shouldn't have to pay, even though when you buy software, you are paying for software. So Yeah, once could, I you, buy my iPhone, I should be able to get all yeah. the apps for free. Right, it's kind of that same idea. Or <laughs> yeah. buying Office once, and then you should get all the updates for free kind of thing. But Yeah, exactly. It yeah. People are going to complain, but whether their complaints are valid is not necessarily true. Yeah. Did I tell you I saw a Model X the other day? Uh, no, I've never seen no. a Model X. Huh. Oh, it was, was very it like? quiet. Mm-hmm. Did it sneak Did up behind you? <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> it was at the. Uh, it was just coming to the underpass next to our apartment building. It was okay. Yeah. If there was a car sneaking up behind me, I would be very concerned at that point. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to talk to you about about tesla that's what tesla drivers do they just sneak up on people <laughs> try it hey kid you heard about you heard about electric motors <laughs> you probably haven't heard one they can whisper because the car is so quiet yeah that's that's it exactly yeah or dc motors that's what i wanted to see. yeah so um we have a lot still to talk about 
but a lot of it kind of goes and falls under this mobile header that Nick doesn't like so much. And I want to preface this by saying, uh, as, as follow up from before, I, I forget at what point we were at, but I think I had bought the iPhone SE, but I really wanted to talk about it. And then we, I never got a chance to. So just to say, uh, to, to get into Apple stuff and mobile stuff, um, I still have the iPhone SE and I really like it and I just ordered an Apple watch. So I'm, I'm really interested to see if my phone use changes, having a watch that connects to it. Um, but that's something I'm going to have to follow up with. And both Nick and Mike are now looking at me very expectantly because I told them that I had a posit about Nick and Apple that yeah. was either going to blow Nick's mind or make him very frustrated and angry with me. <laughs> and let's hear it. Yeah. Either outcome is quite entertaining to be fair. Either outcome I think will be very entertaining. I was thinking about this while the presentation was going on. And then I've rewatched most segments of the presentation. The two hour uh, presentation, yeah, by the way, the two hour presentation. <laughs> Only so how long which, have you spent on this presentation? I've probably watched it for four or five hours. Because I've watched it, the sections that are most relevant to me three or f- possibly even four times. But I have not watched. I didn't watch the Nintendo part. I didn't watch the. Um, there's an education part that I skipped over. Yeah, except that, for the very first time. That was very skippable. It, it, it's interesting and it's it's kind of a cool initiative. Yeah. But whether it deserves stage time more than once, I don't think it does. <laughs> once was good enough for me. And so they, they like having these two hour presentations. So it. it Given that there wasn't a lot of product in number to announce, it makes sense that they padded with extra stuff. Uh, but so we'll talk about that. So my, my posit is that if Nick had an Apple product when he was growing up, say between five and 15 years old, if he had had one or used one, I think he would feel the way about Apple that he does currently about Linux because I, I like to think that I know how you feel about Linux and I'm starting to feel more and more that way about Apple. And I really, really, really think that if you had had a Mac in your life growing up, that I think you would really, really like them and that I want you to try one. So just right off the hop, Mm -hmm. how do you think I feel about Linux? I like to think that you... You like its flexibility, you like its openness, and you like the fact that you can kind of tinker with things if you want to. Okay. Why, in your opinion, why did I start using Linux on this machine right now? Specifically on that machine? Yeah. I think you don't like Windows as much. Okay. I I think you're a little bit off the mark. Okay. big part of why i like linux is you're absolutely right it's the openness mm-hmm. but a consequence of the openness is that it is free of use and not just free as in beer but free as in speech yeah and i can extend the lifetime of my old machines without having to spend lots of money right it's it's not spending a lot of money is a big part of it yeah. And I still feel like that would be a barrier to getting into Apple products. Sure. But that I would argue suggests that maybe 
there's more to this than I thought. And that if you had one that you might really like it, be just you are not using it now and don't like it simply because it is more expensive and you're not willing to spend that because it is more expensive and they tie the software to their hardware. So the na- Apple currently, the software is all free, the, at least the operating system software, as in beer, because it comes with the hardware. And that Welcome means you to our walled garden. Right. You, <laughs> Please you enjoy take, up to the hedges. <laughs> you can't take, uh, or at least not easily, Apple software and put it on any PC. You, it needs to be Apple hardware. The, yeah. I know there's exceptions, but I'm not really talking about those right now. For For normal purposes, you have a Mac, you have Mac software, otherwise you don't. And I really think that you would like the hardware and the software working with it if you had had it growing up. It's entirely possible, but it's a moot point. Right. But if you got an Apple laptop as a gift and actually decided to use it, I still think that you would the, the, the familiar good things about Unix, I think, would be familiar to you. And I think that you would appreciate the simplicity compared to the extreme complexity as a beginner of Ubuntu, Linux, whatever. It's, it's entirely possible. So with that in mind, I'm curious what I'll, I'll be curious what your thoughts are on some of the things we talk about when it comes to Apple mobile products that were possibly newly announced. Can, can I make a posit? Sure. Okay. I think a better way to sell this to someone like Nick or anyone for that matter <laughs> is... I'm not trying to do that, but go on. Not, not sell it as in convincing, <laughs> know, but as in having an appreciation for it mm. is realize... So set aside any sort of bias or emotion out of, oh, Apple's evil. And just, and I just am, ev- but they're not evaluate it. Uh, no, I'm saying if if that's yeah. what you think, yeah, yeah, regardless of whether it's true or not, set that aside and evaluate what they're putting out from a purely objective standpoint, and see the design and technology for what it is. And mm-hmm. I honestly, I think that should be enough for anyone to appreciate what Apple is doing. Okay, I think I think what you guys are really glossing over here is apathy. Yeah, no, oh, that's that, fair. It definitely plays yeah. a part, and that's what I'm saying. So it's it's definitely requiring an effort on your part to care. Yeah, to care about anything really. <laughs> to care about, so I care about lots of stuff. There's know, a there's a story in here about DNA analysis of giraffes that I am just aching to get to. Oh no, I'm, I'm excited to talk about that too. Yeah, but. I'm also excited to talk about this Apple stuff because, and maybe that's just more a matter of being interested in tech in general. No, not, yeah, not okay. that you're not interested in some tech, Nick, but just. Uh, I'm really not that interested in yeah. most consumer tech. Yeah. Which is fine. No one's asking you to be, but. Yeah. I think you well, guys we kind of are. are. We, we, we're asking like, We're not forcing you to be. That's we're asking you to be for the next like half hour or so. Yeah. Like maybe less. It turns out Mike just somehow walks into the room, like points the gun at my head. It's like. <laughs> Hello, Nick. <laughs> I have one simple request for you. You will care for the next half an hour. <laughs> like, okay, Mike, just, just let's not do anything crazy. Oh, we won't do anything crazy. <laughs> so long as you care for the next half hour. 
Uh, All right, Mike, do you want to go through this list of things that you, you took some notes? Yeah. I have some thoughts. Yeah. Um, why don't you, what was the most, let's start with that. What was the most important thing that you saw announced from your perspective today? And why was it the headphone thing? It wasn't mm. the headphone thing, actually. They, they really didn't even focus on that till or mention that till the end. Um, but I thought it was interesting how the focus of the whole keynote really was selling the Apple devices, whether it was tablets, the MacBook, the watch, the iPhone, to people who might be using other things for other purposes, if that makes sense. So like, say with the watch, okay, they released it, this newest model, the Series 2, with GPS. Yeah. And they very much sold it as a hiker companion. Or swimmer. Or swim. Well, yeah. swim, swimmer is its own thing. That's the swim proofing. But sure. say I'll use a hiking as an example. They sold it as a Garmin alternative. That's really mm. what they were doing. And same with the swimming. The swimming watch, people wear swimming watches already. They're saying, hey, the Apple Watch can be your swimming watch now. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, it can be your running watch now. They're they're going after that demographic that might be using, they might already be using an Apple Watch, but they might be using either not a watch at all or a Garmin device. and Or a Fitbit. Yeah. A Fitbit's a bit different, but sure. I think they already sold themselves as a Fitbit alternative. The higher end Fitbits, yeah, they're continuing to do that. They're continuing to do that, but with the swim proofing and the GPS, they're, this is legitimately a fitness device, I, I'd yeah. say. Because I know when I was looking at at smartwatches and and fitness bands, like swim proofing was something I wanted in it. Because not that I'm a swimmer by any stretch, but if I wanted to start swimming, I wanted my watch to be able to withstand that activity and to mm-hmm. track whatever it is I was doing. Um, and so and and the same thing with like with the phone, they're marking it as a photographer's companion or yeah. or a casual photo takers go-to camera device like that yep. was very much the focus of the presentation they even gave early release iphone 7s to photographers to give demo photos and yeah. i i thought it was well rob you had seen this and and nick you should see it if you get a chance to but they showed a picture using the dual camera lens to take a shallow depth of field photo but the picture yeah. they showed was, oh, there's photos like these that you can take with shallow depth of field. They're very professional looking. There's all these different details or whatever. Like the iPhone 7 can do the same thing. And then they went over a couple of slides like, hey, we're going to go show you a photo that was taken with the iPhone 7. And then they're like, oh, we have a confession. That first photo you saw, that was taken with the iPhone 7. And that to me was like, holy crap. Like I was convinced that that photo wasn't taken with the iPhone because right. it was Which that is their good. That's their framing. I was going to say, and that was showmanship. That's what yeah. that was. I know, but they're so good at that, though. And I was sold. Like, not that that sold me, but it's like, I don't know. If, so, if, I, if I had dispensable, all the disposable <laughs> income in the world, I would buy the Watch 2 and the iPhone 7 Plus. No right. questions asked. So when, they, when he first said, because I, I I've watched it several times, that yeah. part specifically... When he said this picture was taken with a high-end camera, yeah. that's those are the words he used, high-end okay. camera. Yeah. I was like, this probably that's probably taken with the with But the see, you're familiar <laughs> with the keynote though. This is Yeah, yeah, this exactly. Is, this is the first keynote I've watched all the way through. I'd yeah. seen other I'd seen parts of last year's. Um 
and previous years i don't think i saw any of it but mm. this is the first time i watched all the way through so it was a new experience for me and i i enjoyed it aside from right. oh, yeah. kind of the filler in t- education part i couldn't care less for that yeah, but that filler was the most relevant like it's more relevant than their filler usually is the education one because education is super important oh for sure i just thought highlighting yeah th- that in an apple keynote is like i don't know guys but whatever like last year their filler they had filler was like half an hour about apple music and it was just like drake and um what's his name the other uh the other exec jimmy iovine that used to work for beats uh for like it was like a half hour segment they were just talking about how like important music is to them and how like okay. sharing it is super easy with apple music it was like this is unnecessary guys <laughs> this could be like a press release right uh, so this, like the fact that it was about education, they right. they did one in the spring about environment too and uh, accessibility. Like those are good things to focus sure. on, as opposed to just like pimping your own. Brand. No, and that's and that's fair. But yeah, I, I I thought the overarching overarching theme of selling these devices to specific people who might otherwise be using different things. Yeah, and I. I I could appreciate that. I'm like, this is a smart thing to do because anyone who's bought into Apple is bought into Apple. They don't need to sell to them anymore. Like right. they're going to buy the new iPhone. Like it's or they're not. Or they're like, not. They, if they're yeah. on a two year cycle, they're going to buy every second one. If they're on the yeah, yeah. But they're they're working on on convincing people who don't have one to say, hey, I have a use for this. Right. And and I think they did a good job of that. Mm-hmm. Rob, what were your thoughts on the the keynote? So I thought there was a lot. Uh, I thought it was well framed in that the typically what you're, what they try to do is say, here's a bunch of things that are different or better this year than you could get in a phone last year. And they're, what they're really trying to do is get, is highlight the differences between the, the phone and one generations, ago, one generation ago's phone to get the people who to make sure that the people who buy a phone every year continue to buy a phone every year but they also need to frame from two generations back so that the much more common thing which is people on two-year contracts upgrade right away when that two-year contract ends to the newest one so they want to have enough differences in each generation to get people to upgrade but they also want to have a massive number of differences from one generation or from two generations previous and i thought that that was well done with this one in that they had the the dual camera thing i think is really going to sell a lot of people that are kind of on the fence hashtag mike was right (laughs) i uh (laughs) i don't agree with that i still i was i wrote this on twitter uh after the keynote ended i really think that even if i could upgrade right now which i'm not going to i still would rather have like i love that camera on a a four inch phone i really like the small thing like uh i was having a conversation with someone actually a couple months ago before this was even announced just talking about or maybe it wasn't that long ago but i there are a few times where i'm out and i think it'd be really nice to have a bigger screen on my phone but the vast majority of the time i would rather it be small I would much rather stretch out a phone every like 15 minutes every couple days than have to carry on this giant thing and want to smush it down all the time. So but for me, there is an option. So neither is to- an option. Exactly. And so I would rather have my phone and like bring an iPad or bring something else 
for the rare occasions where I want more screen space or where I know I want to do something that would require mm-hmm. more screen space. My vision isn't compromised. And so I don't care really about having it. Like having gone back to the smaller screen, I'd feel great about it. Right. I Having a bigger phone, like a 5.7 inch, I'd be happier. Like I think a 5 inch is a happy medium. Okay. Like a 5.1 inch. Not mm-hmm. as small as the 5S or 5 or however you want to, whichever one in that form factor. Right. But like a Nexus 5 size device, I think I'd be happy with, or a Nexus 4, like right. somewhere in between there, I think was a good size. I can appreciate the exercise that the Note 4 or that size phone offers, but like you said, I don't find enough use cases for it where it's a must have. Right. But I liked what I liked about the Note 4 is the S Pen and being able to and and just the camera and just the phone itself is really good mm-hmm. but the as pen is a nice touch and i do find myself using that mm-hmm. um so if, to have the s pen in you know a nexus 5 size device i think would be the perfect size yeah you know what i really like stable battery chemistry that's a, a really good feature of the note <laughs> that's a what? note 7 sorry i heard battery chemistry that that wasn't the chemistry that's unstable it was the the anode and cathode that get what do you think chemistry is well that's not the same but (laughs) they're definitely the same i promise electrochemistry no it was a manufacturing error like in the actual like the contacts i think i don't think it was anything with the chemistry itself but anyway okay i mean electrochemistry is the field we're talking about whatever up anyway i just i said battery chemistry because i knew nick wasn't paying attention i knew he would if i said battery chemistry Let's, Do you know what on? I am doing? Let's yeah. move on. I'm to the reading actual... up on the Apple Watch. Oh, Ooh, look yeah. at that! Let's don't uh, buy one because you don't have an iPhone. <laughs> I yeah, I'm aware. I no, I wanted to know how they're or if they did heart rate monitoring because that is do. absolutely something I would want in in a fitness tracker. Just yeah, because yeah. the stuff I do ends up being varied enough that I'm well. I would really like the Fitbit charge HR. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, cycling, walking, strength training, like all that stuff is so different. Mm -hmm. And like the day that I moved, I helped move a cubic yard of gravel around. Like I worked really hard all day. And at the end of the day, my fitness tracker's like, yeah, you didn't actually burn that many calories today. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) screw you i didn't <laughs> now that was just step counter based yeah no that's yeah. just the fit google fit yeah. on my phone oh, okay. so yeah, i yeah. i didn't oh, okay. move that that right. far or right. that quickly so it was like mm-hmm. nope you're taking it easy today aren't you bud <laughs> right it's like uh-huh i know yeah. with i want to say most apps but some apps will let you like manually enter activity nobody wants to do that nobody wants to do that though you no want nobody your, wants to your do tracker that to automatically the, um, yeah the nice thing that i'm really looking forward to with the watch is being able to wear it while i'm playing sports and because i'm not gonna wear i'm not gonna have my phone in my pocket to count steps like while i'm playing soccer that just right. doesn't make no sense but i would wear an apple watch playing like any like volleyball or something to track not only my heart rate but like anything wouldn't the watch and interfere with your sets or not your sets your bumps maybe yeah, I haven't tried. I haven't worn a watch playing <laughs> volleyball in a really long time. So right. I will try though this fall. Okay. 
Um, one of the interesting things to me about the watch that I'm kind of, I mean, I don't know if I'm excited more or if I'm kind of hesitant because I don't know what's, what it's like yet, but is the fact that you, if it's like, it goes into a high battery use mode. If you're doing a workout, like you, if you, once you start a workout, it constantly tracks your heart rate instead of tracking it about every five or 10 minutes. And so it'll, it will use more battery. And I feel like I would use that mode a lot. Like, right. I, th- I think we'll talk about Pokemon Go later, maybe at the end of the show. Um, they came out on stage and uh, had the guy from Niantic not tell anybody when the next update was coming, uh, putting the nearby feature back in, but just to talk about uh, <laughs> <laughs> smartwatch <laughs> version of Pokemon Go. But it's the kind of thing where you where you go for a Poke Walk. And you right. ac- you actually start a workout, right? And that's what enables kind of this real time thing. So you, if you want to go out and catch Pokemon with your watch, you'd hit start, start the workout, and then you'd go, and then it would be constantly tracking, using more battery, but giving you real time, like, hey, there's a Snorlax, go catch it. That was the example they used. And so, I I don't I think I like that because it means that the rest of the time, if you're not doing a workout, if you're not going on a Poke Walk, that it's going to be lower on battery. But at some point, they will get over that hump and it will be able to either smartly scale, like ramp up and ramp down the amount of battery it uses or it just will be able to like whatever, however they do it, you won't have to think about it. I think and they've talked about this on ATP before and probably other podcasts, but you should be able to just start working out and it yeah, knows exactly. that you're working out. And mm-hmm. I think the they could at least have a prompt saying, yeah. hey, are, are you, you working out? Yeah. And then you just say, yep. And then you go like you shouldn't yeah. need to go in and start it. Yeah, agreed. And yeah. and they Can you will imagine get if there. it did that in the middle of a set though, wouldn't that be frustrating? <laughs> <laughs> Just tap it with your nose as like your bench press is coming down. You're like, uh. yeah, that's the best idea there is. <laughs> I think Mike has never lifted a single weight in his life. Okay, he just brought he brought one wrist well, down to his nose while he's doing it, bench press. It was my warm up set with the bar. Right. Okay, Rob. Right. Okay, it's. it's yeah. I was actually wondering, is this your warm up set? Like what do you do? <laughs> yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. I'm I'm sorry, Mike. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, we we will talk about I'm sure Pokemon in the after show, but in case you guys didn't hear, apparently it is coming to Android where they they did some more data mining from the, the app and saw it actually it's that's debatable because it's under the Pokemon Go Plus folder of the code or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's speculation that the Pokemon Go Plus could just be running Android Wear, so it's uh, using the same APIs that a watch would be. So it's it's that would suggested. make it crazy that they didn't do it if it is Android Wear and it didn't it wasn't compatible with Android Wear. Like not what? eventually. What do you mean? Like if they if they released the Pokemon Go Plus and it already worked with the Android Wear API and like it was based on Android Wear, well, the fact that they wouldn't bring an Android Wear app to it, it's one it thing to use like crazy. notification and communication APIs. Is another to build a whole Android Wear app for it. It's not that much, especially it's if they're sure already it doing is. it for, for it's Apple just communication Watch. protocols. You're not or not protocols, but just the language and the whatever. No, but it, you're saying that the wear they they built a wearable that's based on Android Wear, but based they're not on gonna, as in that's how it talks to the phone. Yeah, right. right. So it, it has to. So you don't think the platform is going to have Android Wear? Oh, I think it probably will, but I don't think this specific piece of evidence suggests or confirms that. I think it makes it more likely that it will eventually. Okay, so if 
if it communicates through Android Wear, like yeah. the Pebble would probably have to use kind of smartwatch type APIs. Right. But the Not Pebble Android isn't Wear. based on Android no. Wear. But if the Pokemon Go Plus tracker is actually based on, like it's actually yeah. running a fork of Android Wear or something, it seem, it really seems crazy that they wouldn't also have an app I agree. in the works. I agree. But this I think keynote that, was coming up first and needed a working demo version yeah, for it. Yeah. It's still not coming out until December or something. Right. So very possible. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Um, I think we should talk about the AirPods because I actually saw this article that I'll, there'll be a link to in the notes about um, the next generation of like big things from Apple. So mm-hmm. Apple released these AirPods. Basically, they look the exact same as Apple earbuds, but with the string cut, which people are saying looks kind of weird. I, I guess that's fine, but like every piece of technology looks weird the first little while sure. you're looking at it. Uh, we're not going to know whether it normalizes until it normalizes. <laughs> and uh, so this piece from Slate is talking about a how the new thing from Apple, the new futuristic thing from Apple isn't the phone because the phone is very iterative. But that these AirPods, the fact that they have an Apple designed wireless chip in them make the future uh, of Siri very much like the interface, the what I least with the high picture it, the interface from her with Scarlett Johansson, like just having basically an earpiece that you can talk to and is a computer. I really think eventually you could cut the cord and the AirPod would become much more like an kind of Apple watch for your ear and would be able to give you notifications, be able to communicate directly without necessarily having a phone or any other device tethered. Like your computer would just be in your ear and they bring up a lot of interesting points, but maybe we can talk a little bit about the AirPods and that possible future. Yeah. Watching the presentation and hearing them kind of explain the benefits of of the device and whatnot, I realized that even if you don't use it or get it for its music capabilities, like music listening, mm. you can still use it as like a like a Bluetooth headset. Yeah, like, and it's actually a reasonable price for like a wireless Bluetooth headset. Yeah, K- like just for phones and whatnot, right? So yeah, it's uh, and Rob, you are thinking that it should still work like cross-platform it does does still work yeah it's bluetooth yeah so in theory you could use it with any phone as a wireless headset yep right so i think i'm i'm more on board with it aside from the look of it i'd still have to try it on to see if it looks ridiculous but like you said i think anything like that becomes normal eventually Mm -hmm. the so when they first when i was first picturing airpods because that was the most obvious name possible. They had earpods. These worked wirelessly. They already have a thing called AirPlay. It made sense that they were going to be called AirPods. When I, when we were thinking about it and listening to podcasts that were talking about the possible functionality, I was like, oh, well, if these are going to be like Bluetooth earbuds made by Apple to replace, to deal with the fact that they got rid of the headphone jack, these are probably going to be like $69 or $99. And then when it came out, when they started doing going through the keynote, and started talking about how they worked and what they were like, I immediately was like, wow, these are going to be 200 bucks. Like these are the real deal. These are mm-hmm. really good. They come with a carrying case. Like all of these things pointed to the fact that these were going to be premium product. And I, my thought was immediately $200. And I was like, 
I would probably pay $200 for these, like given all they do and being familiar, very familiar with the world of Bluetooth headphones. So when they came out and they were 219 Canadian, 160 American, I was immediately like, yeah, that sounds about right. Whereas everyone, seemingly everyone else that wasn't super involved in technology was like $160 for headphones. Those are the most expensive headphones I've ever heard of (laughs) because they're the people that get $10, $5 like gel earbuds from $20 Rob come on (laughs) very very inexpensive (laughs) earbuds and have never used right any bluetooth or kind of pro audio even remotely pro audio level right headphones like they're very expensive you can get not like you can get good not great uh stereo headphones for like three hundred dollars and casuals i tell (laughs) you i know exactly now, these headphones don't have noise cancelling, right? They have... Uh, these ones don't, I don't think. The Beats ones, they, I think Beats ones might? Yeah. The, the, um, or is it JBL? There are a few brands yeah. that do offer noise cancelling through with Bluetooth. The, the tough thing is that takes a lot more battery, and so your battery life ends up going down. I know there's a Sennheiser set that also does noise cancelling with Bluetooth. Right. Um. They do do some some noise canceling through the microphone. Like if you, apparently it'll use somehow the vibration of your voice to figure out who is actually, who actually has them in their ears to figure out what's, what sounds or what speech is coming from the wearer of the headphones if they're trying mm-hmm. to activate Siri or, or so it, I, it's the way they made it sound. It seems like it could even go as far as if someone is standing behind you or next to you or something and says, Hey Siri, that Oh, my phone activated. Uh, <laughs> a whole telephone. I was kind of expecting that. Yeah. If someone goes and says that, uh, that you, because it wasn't you saying it, your the pods didn't feel any vibrations from you saying it, and so they okay. wouldn't react. They're, they made it seem like they were going to do some kind of noise canceling like that so that it would be able to work even in loud environments. And I think that is a really interesting concept. Like having, there's accelerometers in it, so it makes sense that it could do that. But that would be a really interesting way to isolate voice activation and voice use to a single person. It's almost like it's like the opposite, not the opposite, but it's another application of kind of bone conduction headphones in that it's using the the fact that your your voice is sound waves Mm -hmm. and vibrates to to isolate sound. Right. No, the reason I asked is because with Bluetooth headsets, like Maria's had a couple Mm-hmm. Uh, in the past because her job requires her to talk while driving um and the latest one that that she has people have talked like when i first talked to her on the phone with her use them yeah i was like are you, where are you she's like oh i'm driving it's like really i can't even hear anything like oh really that's how good the noise counseling was was it, it was only huh. filtering to like her voice it blocked cool. all the other white noise which was really impressive and i hadn't seen that with other and when i looked at the reviews of this one that's what they were saying is that yeah. the noise counseling is really good yeah, and obviously, yeah, they're battery powered and have their own battery case. But mm. I don't know with these if you could get away with the same type right. of thing. And right. I don't know yeah. if it's a hardware or software thing that that requires. Yeah, they, those, that kind of noise. I was thinking you were talking about um, noise oh, canceling like having external. to do with the, no. the actual sound. But yeah, no. you're talking about when you're when you're talking to it. Yeah, and yeah, so definitely, I think it will have that kind of noise canceling. Yeah, the. Yeah, that it's a really 
interesting idea that people were talking about, oh, you know, like I don't want to plug in my headphones. I'm going to have to, I, I always have to charge them. I'll be running out of batteries halfway through the day. The battery life isn't very good. These AirPods, the fact that they are separate and each have their own five hour battery life makes me very happy because my current situation with Bluetooth headphones is I put them on. I can use them for four, five hours, depending on what I'm listening to and how much I'm changing audio sources. And then I take them off and I charge them. And then a couple hours later, or like they charge pretty quickly off the right off the bat. Like I can get like an hour or something in within 10 minutes. But it takes a few hours to charge them back up. Whereas with the earpods, or the AirPods rather, I they have five hour battery life each. So I can listen for four and a half hours gets down to the the last bit of battery i can take one out that the, they will automatically switch to mono apparently right. which is crazy that was cool when i saw that yeah so take one out put it in the charger for after 15 minutes it says they get three hours of battery life after 15 minutes the other one is about to die i pop the one out stick it in take the first one or the one that was still in my ear out charge that one for 15 minutes now i have almost three hours more battery like you don't have to stop listening. You just have to right. swap down to mono for half an hour. And that is something that I do anyways, because I tend to, if I'm, especially if I'm at work, I'll have one headphone in the other headphone could be charging while I'm doing that. So for me, this is like a no brainer thing to do in the world of all the disposable income, whether I get that or not. I don't know. I, I do like having the cord attached in some instances where I can just, if I'm, if I'm trying to talk to someone, like I'll just take them out and drape them on my neck. Like I don't, I don't have to worry because I can feel them on there. I'm not going to lose them. I'm not really worried about losing an AirPod because if I'm using them like that, I'm going to have the case on me and I'm just going to take them right. out and put them right in the case. The only thing I'd have to worry about is losing the case. <laughs> um, the, the nice thing about Bluetooth audio is not only do you notice if one of them falls out because you're not listening to audio, like any kind of wired headphones would, but if you misplace your phone or if you misplace whatever you're listening to, like I had a point where a couple uh, years ago I was at school and I was just walking down the street listening to, to music and all of a sudden my music cut out. I was listening through Bluetooth and I was like, what, what happened? And then I checked and my phone was not in my pocket <laughs> and I only had to look in a 30 foot radius and like right. I looked behind me and someone was standing there holding my phone. I was like, oh my God, I would have just lost that. If, uh, yeah, so... Huh. There, there are some nice things about Bluetooth that you don't even really think about until they happen like that. But I'm, I'm really interested to see how not only this in particular, but like the whole future of having a, a computer in your ear, because this, this chip, I don't know exactly how it works, but once you pair it with your phone, which is a one touch process, like you, you turn them on, you open the thing and you press connect on your phone and they, they talk to each other and it works. You don't have to sync. You don't have to connect or anything. Like you press that one button and it works. But it also syncs your credentials, the Bluetooth credentials across anything, any uh, Apple device that you're logged into. So it's, it's Bluetooth, but with a bunch of extra stuff. So I really see them at eventually being like, this used to be how they positioned the, the phone was that this is an accessory to your computer like you can sync to your computer but it's kind of an accessory and then they switched it to put the computer as just a node and the cloud being the, the central thing and now we have this accessory that i think eventually won't need 
a phone with it, won't need anything with it. You'll be able to listen to Apple Music. You'll be able to access Siri. You'll be able to have messages read to you. They'll all be stored in your ears right. on like connecting with the cloud to, to actually yeah. sync things. I really see that as, as a possible future. Once like technology miniaturization still has a long way to go, but I see that as being a definite part of the future eventually yeah. once that happens. I think it's more realistic than you think because even the Bluetooth headphones, they have like that wraparound thing that goes around the back yeah. with, that contains a battery and whatever yeah. computer workings of it. So like that's all you need to store that extra stuff, like a radio exactly. and all yeah. that kind of stuff, right? So I, I agree with you and without the screen, the battery demands would be yeah. Oh, yeah. significantly yeah, sure. less than what a phone or a watch needs. So yeah, um, uh, I'm, right there with you that that's that's going to be the future for sure mm-hmm. and we like this isn't the first set of earbuds that are separate like we've talked in past about the breggy dash we've talked about the moto hint um there are examples of these but from what i keep hearing they're not that well reviewed and i think one of them hasn't even like they're going to ship in december or something. Uh, i forget if it's the braggy ones i think it is i think the hint has been a product for a while yeah, now and yeah. didn't really catch on. Um, well, it's it's mainly for people with the Moto X exactly. or Motorola line of phones. So, which is, mm, I guess, it's still a thing. It's a not. thing, but yeah, <laughs> it's been passed around from Google to Lenovo now. Um, yeah, what the Nexus? You mean? I just mean no. The Motorola brand oh, is now Motorola Lenovo, brand, yeah, right. formerly of Google, formerly of Motorola, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so. The Braggy seems like, I think it's a Kickstarter actually, or it originally was. Okay. It, that's shipping this, supposed to ship this fall, like late fall. So, yeah, I don't, I, uh, I think that's all the major stuff. Is there any other points you wanted to, to discuss about the Apple event? Uh, let me just go back to my notes here. Uh, so just quickly, like the force touch home button, that was, mm. that was interesting. I think before I was under the impression that would be like a, like a capacitive soft button the same way that then uh android phones have other than the right. samsung devices obviously um but yeah we've had soft home buttons forever right and well this is actually this is force touch like it's not actually even a button it's just a sensitive it's a depressed pad. part of the phone yeah that yeah yeah it's touch sensitive which i think is good like it still has that physical feel of pressing but yeah. you're not pressing anything. Like it's, it's well, familiar enough that it's just not. It's it's not like it's a Nexus phone where it's just not there if it's right. off. Like there's still a button shaped. There's a button shaped impression. Yeah, yeah, which I think is a good way to handle it. Like they right. could have just made it just a flat part mm-hmm. and it just not there when the phone's off. But I think it's it's a good transition from having a home button to not. Yeah, because yeah. for all intents and purposes, there is no home button anymore. It's just a right, part the, where you touch. It's a fingerprint sensor that yeah. has some features if you press it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was an interesting change. Um, mm. Do we want to talk about the dual camera lens at all or no? Uh, we can. We can save it maybe when it comes out and people actually start. Like, I want to actually go try it okay. before I get too much into it because yeah. it really seems like... Um, yeah, it's some, it's the kind of thing I want to actually experience... For myself, I've never, I've never even like several phones have come out with dual camera systems. This one works slightly differently than the other ones did, uh, in that they've mostly only used it for 
making kind of depth maps and yeah. use, doing this kind of fake depth of field effect. When giving optical zoom, that was the other part. I don't think there are any phone other phones on the market that use it for optical that's zoom. that's what i mean I, this one does use yeah. it for optical zoom yeah although it's not really optical zoom it's just a second just, lens at a different focal length but yeah. yeah apparent optical zoom yeah like you can't go 1.5 times zoom all optical right it's the one times plus 0.5 yeah. digital yeah I, i'm actually interested to see how it would how it would do 1.9 times yeah. zoom i don't think it does like the way that they showed it was you have the one times button, then you press it, it goes to two. And then yeah. from there, you go digital. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you can go between one and two. But they, they did also show it with a sliding scale, but yeah, it's, it's not clear exactly how it's going to work because you can't, like, it would have to be a simulation of any zoom between one and two X, or it would have to just Which be you already do when you're doing digital zoom. zoom to begin with. That's what I'm, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So it would either have to be a simulation using some of the more defined features from the, the 2x zoom which is theoretically possible but would look probably pretty weird yeah if you really kind of zoomed into it uh yeah it's the kind of thing that i want to kind of play around with in the store before i go and before i talk about it in too much depth but it's very interesting yeah yeah and in case it wasn't clear they did remove the headphone jack um (laughs) which again because courage yes um that was a good line that was not a good line (laughs) (laughs) the uh I I don't I feel like I remember hearing this in the rumors, but they have a four core system processor system, yes. not not a quad core, because it's two high powered cores and two efficiency cores. Yeah, so it can switch back and forth between the two. Or I'm assuming use combinations of all four. Yeah, if needed, depending yeah. on the processes. Yeah. Um, which contributes to the extended battery life that it has, the longer yeah. battery life. So it, they they quote twelve hours of LTE browsing, mm-hmm. which is what most people are going to be doing. Um, yeah. So I, I I can't say I can't compare that to anything because I've not off the top of my head. I don't know what the others were, but I think the others were around ten. Yeah, it's an hour or two more depending yeah. on the model you get. So which every little bit helps. I think if you, even if you can get the same out of it, you're better off because it has yeah. so many more features. So yeah the um yeah samsung chips have had this ability for a while like they've been doing these kind of sets of chips that some are high power some are low power uh and since samsung is one of the providers of chips for the iphone it was kind of a matter of time until like one of the things that apple does really well is they take this defined set of hardware and they optimize it so samsung has had this for a while but didn't really use it very optimally and people would almost complain when they did their benchmarks and found that, oh, this is only so fast in single core mode because it's not actually even using the full brunt of the chip. But iPhone people are going to worry a lot less about those specific specs because it just kind of works. And it's it's you only really look further into things when you have something that either doesn't work the way you expect or doesn't work at all. And Apple set the expectation that this is just going to work. And unless they have some kind of big problem with that, then people aren't even going to really worry too much about yeah. that. If they're just going to look and be like, oh, I have a couple hours more battery. That's cool. Yeah. Like I know my phone goes through like this app optimization. Yeah. And I honestly don't know what it does. Before I know it could be doing <laughs> Nobody nothing. Nobody knows. <laughs> so, but it, it's doing something presumably. So I, I'm, I figured the Apple will do the same. It probably won't say that it is, but it's probably going to do a similar kind of algorithmic 
assessment of what apps require which processors. Mm-hmm. So if if an app requires it to be clocked by what to a certain rate, then it will just drop down to the efficient ones. Whereas yeah. if it needs a higher one, then it will stay with a higher one. So yeah. But um, anyway, that's that's kind of all I got. Yeah. So we can save the Nintendo stuff for the after show if we have time. Yeah. I'll uh, yeah I'll mention the how the watch is going and we can yep. talk more about future stuff in in future shows. But uh, I, I want to close out by bringing Nick back into the fold. And, and Mike, why don't you tell us about about giraffes? Uh, why are giraffes in the news? I I was surprised by this because I didn't even think people were doing research on giraffes anymore. But mm-hmm. I guess giraffes were for the longest time understood to be one species yeah. with various subspecies. I guess similar to how dogs are a species, they have breeds. Yeah. I don't know if that's breeds, the yeah. same analogy, but probably close. Yeah. I think um, it would be like equivalent to cultivars within similar plant species. Maybe. Like, yeah, you'd have to look at the scientific name because like, I know it goes whatever order of the names you have the species and then the subspecies. So, like, like my, my example would be there's the habanero plant and then there's Caribbean red habaneros, which are still habaneros, but they're spicier okay. and they have a different flavor and appearance sure maybe maybe that's the type of analogy we're going for so yeah they they maybe. did some analysis on <laughs> they did some analysis on it's not giraffes in africa because that's where they live and <laughs> they why would they do it anywhere else i don't, I don't know <laughs> great question mike <laughs> and upon analyzing the dna there was enough differences between the DNA that they could categorize them into four separate species, what they originally thought were subspecies. But there's hmm. there's enough... I'd, I'd have to read the article again, sorry. But just by their DNA standards, they're considered four different species. Huh. Um, and, huh. They, they figure that geographic uh, separation contributes to that. Yeah. But... The the crazy thing is that there isn't really substantial visual differences between the four species, huh. which is why they, for the longest time, they just thought they were the same species. But I guess when you look at the DNA closer, there's enough to consider it as different species. And keep in mind that this type of area is very, I don't want to call it arbitrary, <laughs> but <laughs> it, the, it, the, the, I think the word arbitrary literally fits. Yeah. It's, right. Like they set boundaries yeah, arbitrarily. They're like, oh, sure, that's, that's kind of the difference between the two species. Yeah. And that, that's what it is. So it's very dynamic. At, so. Sorry, I think looking at uh, genetics versus the classical definitions of species is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Just because, well, yeah, like things that classically are within the same species will have a surprising amount of genetic diversity within them. Right. And things that you would genetically class as closely related are just not at all close on the species, like on the classical species categorization, mm-hmm. or at least that's my understanding from looking into it. So very briefly. Right. The, yeah, the, the species thing has always been kind of weird to me because I always thought that there was at least part of the definition of having speciation is that if they, if they can mate between species that they will typically end up sterilized. Like they won't be able mm-hmm. to have th- those offspring won't be able to have offspring of their own. Like that's the thing with right. uh, where you can have 
uh, mules are donkeys and horses. Yeah. But those mules are typically totally sterile. Yeah. So yeah. the quote from this article, from this Q&A, it said the findings suggest that the, gen- the genetic exchange, i.e. procreation, among mm-hmm. the four species is rare, maybe even non-existent. This genetic mm-hmm. isolation defines them as distinct species as opposed right. to subspecies. So this definition almost sounds like it's not whether they can or can't, but just whether they do. Right. And if you don't for long enough, that's when speciation happens. Yeah, but he, I yeah. Don't, he didn't actually say or imply that they couldn't. Right. Just that, just they that they're don't. geographically separate. Yeah. So mm. again, maybe that's part of that arbitrary aspect of the definition of species, but. But maybe this is a, maybe this is a real time example of that genetic drift where you can yeah. end up with different speciation. Hmm. Yeah, could be. Do uh, do we all read Wait But Why? No. Okay. It's a, a blog guy. He actually, I think Nick, well, Mike too, but I think you guys would really enjoy reading, uh, reading his stuff. But he asked, he did, does this thing called a dinner table question every so often. He's like, like XKCD and what if, like every once in a okay, while. Sure. It used to be on a schedule, but now it's just kind of arbitrary. Yeah. Um, he asked the question of whether there's a maximum amount of intelligence that species can have. Uh, in the question that came out today and how we consider humans to be kind of the peak of possible intelligence and whether there's anything that humans couldn't learn in the same way that like we can teach a chimpanzee, but they're not going to understand rocket science. Can we fathom the things that we can't learn? Exactly. That's, that's what he means is is like, have we learned the same? But I tend to think of that as a naive, even argument to have because we didn't used to be able to get to the level we are at now and we've evolved and so this is kind of like the the giraffe thing and kind of just evolution in general is always changing like Mm -hmm. humans even if there is a maximum intelligence we have right now who knows in ten thousand years if we will have gained some adaptation that will enable us to learn more right so expand on that a little bit for me so are you saying that like we are like we're more intelligent or smarter than we were back a couple hundred years well not a couple hundred years but a couple hundred thousand, thousand years yeah oh, okay well yeah that's that's fine yeah are you, are you talking about intelligence or capability to gain intelligence i'm saying that they're too. related you think so? like as in the capability grows with the amount you have uh the capability to gain more you mean yeah like uh, a couple thousand years ago, we thought the earth maybe. was flat, right? Or a couple ten thousand years ago, whatever. That doesn't mean we were less capable of understanding. It's just we didn't know yet. It's just some people didn't know yet. I think like w- w- with that example specifically, people still think the earth is flat, well, even with a lot of evidence. I think ironically. You or, can't see the edges, guys. <laughs> no, I think there's a real flat earth society I, that actually legitimately so, believes. Anyway. I, I promise. They're not being ironic. They're idiots. <laughs> I don't anyway. Like well, I mean, anti-vaxxers, they're not, they're deplorable is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like there is a difference between anti-vaxxers and flat earthers yeah, no, in that you can just straight up do Foucault's pendulum and there's your answer. Right. Um, but whether you accept that as evidence of it is a different thing. What else could it be? I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not making yeah, that. Sorry, I, the choir here, Nick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. But like, so just to get a feel for what you're saying, mm-hmm. 
I would, I would posit that you could take me and some guy from uncontacted tribe X Mm -hmm. and we are equally intelligent. We have equal capabilities for learning. It's just, he will know different things than I do. Yes, this is true. Okay. But the, so the point of the question is we have a ceiling, like given a lifetime of learning and unlimited resources, you're never going to teach a chimpanzee rocket science. Is that intelligence though? Or is that like knowledge? That's part of Nick saying like different things. I th- well, I think intelligence enables knowledge sure, to a certain extent. Well, like I would, the other thing is like, I would say that knowledge is like knowing things. That's not that important. Like intelligence right. is the capacity to problem solve, to learn. And that, that's what knowledge. I mean. I don't yeah. think understanding rocket science is necessarily intelligence. I think it requires and is assisted with intelligence, but I don't think it is intelligence. Saying Building is, a rocket science. requires a certain level of intelligence and a certain level of knowledge that chimpanzees do not possess and could not possess in any lifetime of a chimpanzee. How do you know? How do you know they don't understand rocket science? Because we've done intelligence tests on them. But up to our standards of and understand what intelligence is. They might. Right, but, and they have failed simpler tests than building a <laughs> rocket. Anyway. I'm just playing devil's advocate, but I, and I get what you're trying to say, but I think that this particular argument is not one that you could win. <laughs> it, could he win it given infinite but... time and resources, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> this show is all about unlimited time and resources, but uh, it, it is an interesting, uh, I, I actually would suggest if you I'll go to this link, I put it in our little chat and I'll put it in the notes. Um, if you subscribe to wait, but why you will probably be very, interested to read more about what he's written he actually did this long he visited the tesla plant and talked with elon musk and wrote like ten thousand words about him it's uh he's a good writer he did a like ted talk recently where he kind of talked his whole thing the whole ted talk was about procrastination and he went through his scale of procrastination in preparing his ted talk for his TED talk, it was really like, it's, it's more interesting than it sounds. And he goes into a lot of the science of procrastination, but it's, it's really interesting stuff. Right. Uh, was there anything more you want to say about, about giraffes? I, I just think it's interesting and, and cool that we're still learning stuff about. Oh yeah. Things that we take for granted, like giraffes. As, well, yeah. Like as arbitrary as they might be, is still cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's neat how they sleep. <laughs> and how's how- that? Yeah. Tell us about how it's, they sleep. Just Google it. Well, like, it's, it's difficult to describe. It's they kind of, if I'm remembering correctly, yeah, they lie down and then like curl their neck back onto their back mm-hmm. so that their oh, chin okay. is resting on their hindquarters. Huh. Right. Like a cat, but <laughs> well, with a longer neck. Ish, yeah. <laughs> like it's just Google the phrase giraffe sleeping okay. and there are a few examples for you. Right. Okay. I'd imagine that minimizes the risk of your neck being trampled. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they don't just leave it like laying yeah. flat on the <laughs> desert. <laughs> no, it's like you're walking along, you just trip and fall flat and you what the hell? Oh, <laughs> damn giraffes again. Uh, Honey, watch out for the giraffe. Yeah, no, right here. <laughs> right here. 
Uh, Nick, I love how you do the thing where you leave the mic. It, it, it I, I mean this honestly because it makes it sound like you're actually turning, like you are turning away, but it makes it sound like you're actually like turning and yelling to this this story wife. It's really, it's a good radio theater. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. I, I was yelling at my my story wife. Yes. <laughs> uh, About the giraffe neck, which is so short that could be easily tripped over. Yes. Yeah. So should we head to an after show? Would you guys be I satisfied? So. Why yeah. not? All right. In that case, I will go off script and say thank you for listening this week uh, to Future Chat. Thanks for coming back. It has been quite a while we've been gone, but I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. You can head to unwindmedia.com slash futurechat for past episodes and much, much more. See you next week. Ciao. Toodaloo. Bye. Okay. Let's, let's, let, let's let Nick lead off with this buddy yeah. update because... I want the buddy update so bad, Lee. <laughs> So, Nick, explain for us and our dear listeners what the Buddy Update is. Mm -hmm. So, Pokemon Go. If you're not familiar, you're not listening to the right show. <laughs> or reading. We've been right off the air for five weeks. <laughs> you may you may select your your Buddy Pokemon, your favorite Pokemon, which is obviously your starter, Rob. And Pikachu. <laughs> Kai, for that matter. If Nick, no, if she, I had she known, ditched her starter. Nick, if I had known that I could walk away from my three starter Pokemon and go find a Pikachu, I would have done that. Do you not think I would have done that? You could Wait, Pikachu would have been Pikachu my starter. As your starter. I thought you did pick Pikachu as your starter. No, I didn't know about that. I just picked stupid Squirtle. Not stupid, but yeah. less than good than Pikachu. Did I tell you guys oh. that I accidentally had the option to pick Pikachu as a starter? But you didn't. But I didn't. I but Because I had picked Squirtle, but... After I tapped it, I was like, wait, was that a Pikachu? And, but by then it was too late. I oh. guess I could have ran from it, possibly. But I just caught the Squirtle. I'm and just going to come out and say, like, the most common, like, you know, the co the most common fighters in the metagame are all water types. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As in the older games. Yeah. And, like, in different regions, you have different, uh, different super commons. Yeah. yeah. Like... But they're all rock and ground types in the desert. Mm -hmm. And once again, Bulbasaur triumphs. <laughs> Mike. You know what you know, thought no, just I, occurred I to agree. me? Well, Grass is the best meta fighter right now. And meta defender for that matter. Well, I, I was going to say, I mean, unless you're Lapras or Dragonite, but then... Then it's moot. It's Lapras, Dragonite, Snorlax, it just doesn't even matter. But at you that guys, rate, you're not at any advantage or disadvantage if you're grass. So you're still better off. Yeah, you're at a disadvantage with Lapras's ice attacks. Oh, is it? And grass, grass, fire, water, and electric are not very effective against dragon types. Right. You guys always talk about the metagame. What is the metagame? Isn't it's it all the way, just the game? So no, no. The game is what you play on the phone. Mm -hmm. The metagame is like the discussion of how the game is played by people. And how it's being played. That's what the metagame is? That's yeah. just discussion. No, what is but wrong say, with you? <laughs> say like in Calgary, for a while the metagame was there were a bunch of hypnos and gyms. So having a good attacker against hypnos yeah. was beneficial to the metagame. Not that's to why, the game. That's why I have a, yeah. a good Gengar yeah. because of the metagame in the early stages. Right. 
the same way that the metagame now is gyms are full of Snorloxes and Dragonite. So you want to have good attackers against them. Well, they're usually capped out, but I mean, Vaporeon is still super popular. And then you have the classic Starmie, Slowbro, etc. Like I never see really Starmies heavy in gyms. Really? No. I see a lot of them. Mm. This they're all seems like great the attackers. game to me. <laughs> no, the, the game is like me playing within the game. But anyway. Yeah, so the no. body Pokemon. So... Is it the fact that it's augmented reality that makes the metagame possible? What? No. No. Competitive play makes the metagame yeah. possible. Other human players playing the game. Interesting. Because I, I, I see that as part of the game. The game would be fire has a weakness against water. The metagame is there are a lot. There aren't many fire Pokemon in gyms, so it's not beneficial to have a water attacker. All right. Interesting. I'm, I'm, I actually learned something today. Okay. So they continue with this buddy Pokemon. Yeah. So you, you pick your, your uh, starter Pokemon or a Pokemon. You know, yeah. Whoever. Whoever. Pikachu is a good choice, but uh, you will get one candy awarded per number of kilometers walked. Mm-hmm. So the super commons and I think Clefairy, Jigglypuff, Pikachu. They get a candy per one kilometer, the other classic starters, and a bunch more. I think it's mostly the ones that come from 5k eggs. Yeah. Actually, it's divided along the egg lines well, I think. Mm. So if it's a 2k egg, it's one kilometer per candy. If it's a two, if it's a 5k egg, it's three kilometers per candy. And if it's a 10k egg, it's 5k per candy. Yeah. Which is almost half of the <laughs> egg distance as i'm saying it out yes loud. the the three starters are still three kilometers though yeah three yeah. yes starters. sorry yeah so oh right yes sorry. that's the only the only <clears throat> big exception i think yeah yeah i think so but um yeah so for me sprouts mcgee and i are going to be walking for a very very long time <laughs> maybe with intermittent breaks for the other uh metagame dominators arcanine and executor just to make sure they're leveled up but mm-hmm. oh, and also pikachu because well maybe pikachu and clefairy because clefairy is a good counter to the dragon types and pikachu is the strongest electric type in the game mm. and so much easier to get candy for is he though jolteon is pikachu the strongest electric type like not uh, but pikachu yeah yeah uh raichu but in the in the game press rankings, huh. they select Raichu as the most powerful electric, even though I really like my Jolteon. Yeah, I really like my Jolteon. Both yeah. of them, actually. Apparently, Gen 2 and Pharos is going to be a tank, but details. Um, yeah, and I think they hinted at some like other unique in-game experiences. Right, and rewards, yeah. But I don't know, so I'm just going to... I wonder if you could level up IVs or EVs somehow by walking a really long time, but I don't know. Sprouts and I are <gasps> going to try and find out. What if What if it's like, your Pokemon's walked 100 kilometers. He wants to learn Thunder. They were saying like if you could somehow get TMs for very yeah. long distances walked, like, can you even imagine? That would be cool. You learn oh. Struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if you couldn't turn it down and just like regenerated the moveset? 
<laughs> yeah, it's like I've got I've got my Venusaur with razor leaf and solar beam. Yeah. <laughs> Wants to learn sludge bomb. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting because it would have to be taught to the Pokemon that you're walking. You couldn't just apply it to a different one. Yeah. Because there's this you thing, also, I, I guess there's this thing now where you can't place your walked Pokemon in a gym. Right. To defend it. Like you can battle with it. While they're your buddy. While they're your buddy. Yeah. So there's there could be an incentive to walk with a strong one if you want it to learn a new move. But if you had to teach it the new move, whatever it was, it's like a pretty big gamble. Hmm. I also like that. Um, I like that it says, I, if I'm remembering correctly anyway, it says that your your buddy found a candy. Yeah. That's okay. the notification. So it's like, I like that idea because, oh, clearly there is just candy everywhere and he has found some more. <laughs> and that's why you can, or when you get a Pokemon, you find them with three candy because that is as many of their candies as they can hold, I guess. Right. right. They're just looking for it at all times when they're out in the wild. So is, <laughs> would that be considered a different metagame? Like the Pokemon have a metagame where they're trying to find candy too? What? No, no. So the I'm Pokemon just would study how other Pokemon find the candy, and yeah. that would be the Pokemon candy metagame. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> I, I saw a screenshot on the subreddit talking about, or someone had just gotten a candy, but they weren't at a kilometer milestone, and so it was unclear whether you could also get like bonus candies oh. showing up. No, it's... Uh, I read into that. You know how like egg distances update in big chunks it's the same thing so it you get a candy but you're also way past the the kilometer marker i wanted to still believe and i still do i know (laughs) i think it would be great they also have in the game code like different incenses yeah of the of they're called like cool incense spicy spicy incense and floral incense so it would be super cool if by walking a grass type, you got floral incense. If by walking like the starters, essentially, right? Like your Charmander would give you a spicy scent and attract, I don't know, other fire types. Huh. Squirtle could attract other water types. That would need be more cool. of those. Sorry? That would make sense. We need more of those. <laughs> <laughs> the metagame is dominated by them, especially with water gun being the way it is. So... Ours is definitely all Snorlaxes and Dragonites. Oh, ours is too. Yeah, absolutely. Like and our canine. Well, they usually cap out the gyms. Yeah. Like if they're, for now anyway, before people hook up with their Dratini and walk forever. <laughs> um, yeah. Or like, I was going to say, since Magikarp is 1k per candy, we also aren't run amok with Gyarados at the moment. <laughs> um. No, like if there are two Dragonites at a gym, one's usually like in the two to three K range and one's what the way I'll describe it is one can be easily handled by my 1277 Mrs. Claus, which is, of course, Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the Pokemon episode where it turns out they're just a bunch of Jinx at Santa's workshop. But before I realized there was more than one, I was like, oh, so Jinx is Mrs. Claus. Mrs. <laughs> Claus. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, we're all going to be sitting here patiently waiting for this buddy update. I am not waiting patiently. Like, I'm just frantically trying to figure out how to make the Play Store refresh. Download a mirror that 
probably do it. I so, could, but like they they just crack down on people rooting, mm-hmm. and Australians will find that hilarious. They've just cracked down on people <laughs> with rooted phones, <laughs> and um, they have a line in the thing: "Be sure to only download from the Play Store or what's the other one? iOS App Store, App Store." Yeah. So I just. I, I fear they would be like, I don't know. So bring the banning. The, the thing about a mirror is that uh, it reflects exactly what is in the original <laughs> image. <laughs> I I freely admit it's an irrational fear, but it's a fear I have. Yeah, sure. It's not worth the risk if there is one, it, right? I mean, I first got Pokemon Go in Canada on my Android phone when it was... A mirror. Yeah. I did and too. I had that same fear and nothing ever happened. Oh, really? See, I didn't have that fear at all. Oh, I had that fear I immediately that, that they were going to crack down. Oh, no, I didn't. That said, in about half an hour, an execute will spawn at Central Memorial Park. <laughs> so I'm going to try and be there. And if I don't get buddy candy as I walk there, or just, why did I even walk there? You, you won't. What am I even doing? It's like taking a bike ride without Strava running. Like... Yes. I didn't record the data. Why bother? What <laughs> so, is the point? Does that mean you have to go? Oh, no, not wait. Not now. I'm in a different Central time Central Memorial zone. is Never not mind. that far away. I'm in a different time zone. Yep. I thought that's what you're trying to say. No, it's 15 minutes past the hour every hour. So there are okay. other opportunities. Okay. And I finally can evolve my execute. I just want that extra candy because, you right. know, yeah. he's going to have to be leveled up. Mm-hmm. If he has a good move set. Just hope you don't get <laughs> too psychic moves. well better. Sorry? Uh, Just hope you don't get two psychic moves. Well, that's a good defender because nobody attacks a grass based on the based on uh, psychic moves. Hmm. Maybe. Uh, well, like if you're attacking it with Arcanine, you'd rather have the gym defender know two psychic moves than two right. grass moves. Yeah, I know that's fair. Yeah. Because the only way to exploit psychic is with ghost or dark types. Or bug. And... There are no dark types right now. Or bug. And sorry? Or bug. Oh, well, bug. Yeah. We talked about this. <laughs> Who's doing that? What? I'm doing that. I yeah, always well, use my Venom. Parasect is always doing that. My Parasect with the worst IVs imaginable <laughs> knows bug buzz and solar beam. And so now it's like, well, I guess you're what? coming with me against every Bug every buzz Starmie is a charge move. And, sorry? Bug buzz is or, a sorry, charge move. Sorry, bug bite. Okay, I meant. yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I guess you're coming with me to every star me and slow bro I see, because yeah. whatever. Yeah, no, my, my Venomoth is really good, because it has Bug Bite and Bug Buzz. Yeah. So it, I, it, it can take down Executors pretty well. My Scyther has Stupid Steel Wing and wow. Bug Buzz, and Bug Buzz is great, yeah, but Bug Buzz charging really it up with Steel Wing is just painful. <laughs> what What is good with Venomoth? The moveset. No, which which ones are good? Which moves? Yeah. Bite and buzz. Oh, I have the opposite of that. I have confusion and psychic. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Have you guys noticed that in some cases when you're going up to a gym, the six Pokemon it suggests for you are at least partly overlapped with what would be good to fight within the gym? And now it it actually changes. Mine keeps suggesting Nidoqueen and Nidoqueen against water type. And I'm like... Guys, it's a ground Pokemon. 
Why would I use it against a water type? But my Nido Queen is my fourth strongest Pokemon, and it has Earthquake, which I'm very happy with. Yeah, my Nido Queen learned what Poison Sting or whatever, which is Poison fine. Jab. Yeah, but yeah, and also Stone Edge, which is an, mm. an 80 powered 100 energy move. It's like thanks. <laughs> oh, it's 100 energy that one. Eesh. Yep. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Not stab. Just stupid. Uh, you know what I just so, noticed? The background behind me in this bedroom is shallow depth of fielded right now. I've been noticing that the entire time when you first did it. I thought you did that on purpose. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> but it, to- it usually isn't, and it totally is right now. Yeah. It's appropriate. Yeah. Do uh do we have anything else to to say this did, week? Did we mention that Pokemon Go was on the Apple Watch? Coming to the Apple Watch. Coming in, to the Apple Watch in December, and they said. Presumably Android Wear at some point. Yes. We did I mentioned that. Yeah. Oh. Um so I know that two thirds of Future Chat has spent real money on the game. Yeah. Have you spent real money on the game, Rob? No, I have not. Okay. I was curious if you guys had because it's you seem like you were dedicated enough to i have been hoarding my coins i go to the gym almost every day these days no big deal i lift uh pokemon (laughs) but i have i have 300 coins saved up oh nice from gymming that's not bad solid that's That's two two weeks yeah yeah i don't really want incubators because they keep giving me i keep i only use the paid incubate like paid quote-unquote paid incubators the ones that expire for 10k eggs and they keep giving me stupid jinxes and stupid, I forget what else, but they don't give me any of the, any of the good ones. Such is the nature of gambling, Rob. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And so I don't gamble and I'm just using my free one. Yeah. I like the Stardust, the Stardust boost that eggs give. It's yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Like that's been the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Like, look at how much Stardust just came out of this <laughs> thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> how much is it? Is it the same number of like, meters? Uh, it varies with the egg. No, no, but I mean, oh, like yeah, it goes up with the number of kilometers. Yeah, see, so but it's not ten thousand for. No, it's like some okay. random number. Oh. I don't know where it comes from. Okay, so Rob, do do you feel that spending money on the game is unfair, or or that there's a better, a higher purity to not spending money on the game? No. Okay. I just know that if I've never spent money on in-app purchases for anything, uh. I don't really, I don't care about the purity of anything. I just, that's a weird statement to say, but uh, <laughs> I, didn't think I'd wake up, I didn't wake up today thinking I would say that. Uh, if they had, like, I, I like the idea of paying, like if I could pay to get a better Pikachu by some kind of training method, I think I might. Well, you're, you'd be doing that with more incubators and more 2K eggs. Right. But so I, what I feel like, and maybe this isn't accurate, but I feel like all it would do to pay for things is would heighten my current experience in the game. And so I would get relatively more Rattatas and Pidgeys and Weedles and Caterpies and Snorlax, uh, not Snorlax, uh, Drowsies. I feel like all I would do is get more of those and the rare ones that I like that I actually want, I would continue to get the same proportion of them. So I'd get more, but I would get, I would be drowned out by a noise of 
so yeah. many drowsies. You'd get them sooner. So your percentage probability would stay the same, like you said. Right, but exactly. You just get it sooner. Yeah, so I would so- say like if you were if you were just paying to get a better mod, that would be crossing the line between yeah. free yeah, to play exactly. and pay to win. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I like that they've that everything they've done has meant that the other suckers who have paid <laughs> Excuse uh, me? <laughs> aren't aren't winning yeah, no, we're just supporting the game that you enjoy so much. But go yeah. ahead, Rob. You're welcome for the subsidy, Rob. I am causing <laughs> Nintendo's sky or Nintendo's stock price to skyrocket. Yeah, you okay. are the free rider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they if they gave like there are still some things I think they could do that would make me more likely to pay, but wouldn't actually give you a win. Like if, for instance, if they made uh, incubators cheaper i feel like i would buy more of them what would you pay for another unlimited incubator out of unlimited curiosity? incubator i would pay like a thousand coins what it's is like that convert 10 to? bucks yeah yeah it's good i was i would pay 20 bucks for another one yeah and then over the next year or so just yeah. make sure i have nine and just right. be yeah. rolling in eggs <laughs> but see exactly. I, i'm happy with two going so if i could have another limited i wouldn't have to buy any more incubators because i just keep using my two yeah but you know it's better than two three no i know i don't want to go down that road i don't want to get accustomed to having more than two because that's just bad news yeah. <laughs> oh man there were a couple times there where i had like three rolling oh man oh three yeah three was all the stardust you get, you get like one every every 12 hours yeah for like a day and then it's over yeah it's pretty great <laughs> But that's that's what I would want. I think like I don't go on enough things. Like if I could go for a half hour walk right now, I would use incense and I would just walk the entire time and get 30 or so Pokemon out of it. But I feel like I wouldn't get any or I would get like one or two good ones. But the other ones would just be like Pidgeys. Like I would get so many Pidgeys. The last time I used incense when I leveled up, I just I don't normally buy incense, but I used it when I had my 25 level 25 one. I literally got drowsies the entire time. Yeah. I'd catch a drowsy and another drowsy would come up. Save those for when you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I, like, I, I'm never in the middle of nowhere. So the, the problem with the middle of nowhere theory is that I used one when I was out camping, but I wasn't walking at the time, which was right. I knew what was going to happen, but it was just the way things worked out. Uh, I got two EVs, which was fine, but not amazing. Because EVs are pretty common here. I got a Gloom, uh, like a Clefairy, and then some, like maybe a Drowsy or something. Like oh, That sounds it, like a good haul for an incense. But yeah. all of those are super common here. But they're... Uh. Like I have three Clefairies, I have eight Evolved EVs, and I have a Vileplume and a pretty, already pretty strong Gloom. I don't need... yeah. I don't think Any the idea the was that it spawns rares. It's just it spawns less common yeah. commons. It just starts randomly picking the things to but spawn. The things that are like I've heard of people getting like if they're actually out in the right the right middle of nowhere, yeah. they'll get like starters and they'll get like evolved versions of. But squirtles are common here, so I imagine that Charmanders and Bulbasaur are common. In other are places. they ever? Like yeah. I've still only like Squirtles. I don't know if it's because they're my starter that I see more of them. No, it's just everywhere. 
I've only, it's not everywhere. No, you're um, also near no, water. No, like, I mean, everyone sees lots of squirtles. Right? They're almost nowhere. They're just more than, like, I've seen two, I've seen one Charmander and hatched one. I've only seen one Charmander ever, and it was level one or two. I've only ever seen two Bulbasaurs. I have, and I've seen like eight to 10 Squirtles. Yeah, it's not common, but it's. I mean, more common common than the other ones. ones. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I will check my Pokedex, but there's a Pidgey. (laughs) And so. (laughs) I need that Stardust and I need the Pidgey for the grinding. Squirtles, I've seen 22 of them. Charmanders, I have seen two. Bulbasaurs, oh, I've seen three Bulbasaurs. Compare that to Pidgeys, where I've seen 521. But they're not supposed to be as common as Pidgeys. I know, but I want, if I used incense, I would want to, like, I would rather have no Pokemon show up and only rare ones every 20 minutes than have a bunch of Pidgeys show up. Like, I'd rather be able to turn off the, like, make Pidgeys invisible to me. So I have seen four Bulbasaur, three, well, I hatched one yesterday. And then I, it was my starter. Mm-hmm. I hatched a Charmander and that's the only Charmander I've ever seen. Yeah. And Squirtle seen 28 caught 25. Yeah. Like things like Stupid Cubone Squirtle. I've seen two Cubones. One of them I hatched or sorry, I've seen, I guess huh, I don't remember that. They're I've way more s- common in arid environments though. Right. Apparently in Arizona, it's all golems. Like it's all golems through the gyms. Huh? Yeah, I mean, there, there's that kind of regional thing. Apparently, drowsies in the south are super rare, um, but the whole thing is strange. I still haven't seen a sand shrew. I that was my first hatch. Oh, wow. I still have the little guy. Just He's one CP CP eighty. <laughs> Good IVs, but that's another buddy candidate. 